Welcome to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography and design, with your hosts, Glyn Dewis and Dave Clayton. Hello and welcome to another edition of He Shoots, He Draws, and today I've got a guest who should have been on this show a long, long time ago. <laughs> we should never have had this wait. He's, uh, he's royalty from Chicago. Royalty? Royalty, yeah. Uh, his name's Billy Bauman. He runs Delicious Design League, which is a very successful and well-respected uh, print shop. Um, Billy's an accomplished designer himself, but I'm going to let him introduce himself, give his little bio, and then I'm going to start asking him some questions. Because I think our listeners, whilst they're you know photography and design, I think you are just one of those people that I've now known for about two or three years. And yeah. I just think you've got a really good background, really good story. Uh, and what you do is really impressive. And we, we were just talking off air about we decorated our living room and I've got three of Billy's posters framed on our wall that my children picked out of a whole bunch that we laid out. So, uh, so Billy, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, first off, thanks for having me. Finally, <laughs> on the pot. Oh my gosh! No. Uh, uh, well, let's talk about how we met real fast. Okay. So we met at uh, Adobe Max. Yeah. About three years ago. Yeah, it was, maybe? that was my first. I think it was my first Adobe Max or my second. I can't. Yeah. No, it was my second because I was already working for Astute by the time I met you. Yeah, you were. You were That's you were, right. Yeah. And I already knew you from Adventures in Design. Um, yeah. From listening to that, and I think you were the. The DKNG guys, and we were over by Dan mm-hmm. Styles, and I yeah, was Dan Styles chatting, thing, yeah. and I happened right. to mention the podcast, and I hadn't realised you were there because I'd never seen you, I'd never met you. Yeah, and, sure. And then, like, you said something, and it's like I know that voice. <laughs> <laughs> and and the first thing we got talking about that, like, obviously we talked about the podcast, and then the first thing we connected with was Star Trek. Oh, that's right, yeah. Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always a winner in my book. So, like, what were you? Yeah. What were you doing? At so we we became fast friends. We did, right then, yeah, right then and there. My fa- yeah. favorite kind. So what? Yeah. Okay. So you were at Adobe Max because you were with Delicious Design League. Yeah. So Delicious Design League. Let me give you a little backstory, or your listeners. Um, uh, first of all, let me acknowledge that yes, I, that is a stupid name to call your company, Delicious Design League. <laughs> Sounds like we make cupcakes or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've been doing that for, oh my God, how long have we been doing it for? 16 years now. It'll be 16 years. Been doing delicious design league. It started off as kind of just a hobby in 2006. Yeah. Or maybe I'm doing the math wrong. 14 years. Um, the, where we made rock posters. It was just a, a hobby. I, I was already a graphic designer. I had been working since 1998 professionally. Um, I don't know how, well, I was getting a paycheck I don't yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, doing like promotional marketing, advertising kind of stuff, like the backs of cereal boxes, like that was, you know, like you buy a cereal and it says prize inside, yeah, yeah. right? I was, I was prize inside. <laughs> that was me. A little plastic Billy. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, I did the graphics that was on the yeah. corner of the box and then the backside of the box or something like that. You know, I did. Worked on all kinds of packaged goods and and beer and all that kind of stuff. And then I was like, but this was like promotional marketing advertising. Was that freelance or for a company? For a company. Right, okay. For a company. Yeah. So I was feeling a little creatively stuck doing that stuff, right? Um, backs of cereal boxes. Because I was like, oh, I, I admired Charles Anderson or, yeah. or 
Segura or all these all these places in the late '90s, early 2000s that were really doing really great design work. And I was like, how do I how do I get there? Right? I I don't I don't want to make the backs of cereal boxes. I want to make cool shit, quote unquote. Yeah. Can I can yeah, I say bad say, words on yeah, this Yeah, you can say that. Okay. Okay. And um, so um, where was I? So I was like sending my portfolio out to these kind of places and just getting ignored. And then I emailed somebody um, that made skateboard graphics. I was like, how do I get to do what you do? You know? And they're just like, you, you just got to do it. You can't, you can't wait for someone to hire you to do cool stuff. Mm. You have to do the cool stuff and then people will hire you for it. Right. Yeah. And then around, and this is around 2003. And so around that same, or 2002. So around that same time, I started getting into this website called gigposters.com. Yeah. No, Did you ever yeah, I know go to that posters, place? Yeah. yeah, gigposters.com. And that was, you know, this is pre-Facebook and all that stuff. Is that Mitch? Um, is that Mitch Putnam's one? Well, no, Mitch Mitch has OMG posters. Oh, OMG posters. Um, Sorry, yeah. Yeah, this was, this was a guy named Clay. Um, and it had forums and it, and it had a huge archive of posters, right? And I started going there, and I got inspired, and I wanted to start making screen printed posters too. And I was like, "Oh, this is my, this is what I could do." You know, this is like my thing. And then around the same time, I started a band with my mates. We use the English. Yeah, yeah, here. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, our first show was coming up in February 2003. We needed a poster, and this was like I basically just started the band so I could make posters. Right. And so made the the show was coming up, made the poster. People liked it. I started making porn posters. People liked those. So I so I and then I emailed the clubs around town because Chicago was one of the only places that was actually hiring yeah. people to make posters for. And I got a I got a couple of responses and I started making posters for other, the clubs and then and then in at the end of two thousand five, my, my best buddy um, Jason he was doing retail management and I was like, you know, I got this poster thing I'm doing. I think we could like, it's got a little bit of momentum. What if we try to make it into a real business, you know? So that's, so he joined me. And then in 2006, we, we changed from, I used to just sign my posters delicious, yeah, which was an inside joke between me and my friends. And, uh, but since we had some cachet with the name, we're like, okay, let's just add design league to it. To make it sound a little more, like official. yeah, like the League of Gentlemen or the, the um, yeah, yeah, I was I was inspired by Justice League. I love comic yeah. books, you know, or or even Major League Baseball. You know, I just like League to me felt like an old timey like like Moose Club. Or yeah, whatever, I, you know, like I think it works. I think like you say, yeah, Delicious has yeah. a story that people. So I think it's always good if you've got a name that people need, want to know how it came about. You've already got a mm. story. Design is yeah. what you do, and League I just think gives it that kind of kind of retro classic uh like rocketeer yeah. feel you just imagine gotham yeah. city no. is like where you're based <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally totally so um so yeah then we just slowly i was still working at my day job and i was just we were just doing it at night for a couple of years and then by 2008 in the summer of 2008 i finally quit my day job and we 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 ended up living together in his house jason's house yeah I lived on the second floor. He lived on the first floor, and we had our studio in the basement. And we, that first year, we made so little money 
doing this, you know, but our expenses were, but our expenses were incredibly low, right? I didn't have a family yet. I didn't have, I didn't have anything really. And so I could, I could sort of, I was still young enough, you know, I was in my twenties at this point. Did you still have the bag as well? I mean, what was no, that? the band, the band broke up maybe like two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe in 2005, maybe. Right. And, um, yeah, the band only lasted for a couple of years. And, uh, and, but I, but I was, I was always a designer first and then a shitty pub singer second. Right. <laughs> yeah. right? I, I mean, I, uh, see, I find I that fascinating because like a... normally most people are like, they have a band and then, they you know they've got gigs and they want the posters and then they kind of but to to have a poster design and think oh i'm going to create a band so that i can make posters <laughs> i've never ever heard anyone do that and well i don't know if it was that conscious yeah, but, but it was like i was like okay i've con- i've connected the dots here yeah. this is going to work right cuz i mean i've always not always but you know i'm just a uh, i don't know if you know me i'm a, i'm coming up with a new idea every other day yeah and like oh we should do this hey we should do this hey we should do this and rarely do i follow through rarely right so the band is just one of those stupid ideas that oh i should do this you know um so just you know i'm a creative person like all of us are that everyone's listening here and it's not like i'm just creative in one way no you know we just it's just fun to i love making art in whatever form that might be if it's making a bunch of noise in my friend's basement with guitars and keyboards that's that's awesome you know if it's that's it it's creativity you know, like i said yeah. like most most designers either seem to have a musical background or a skateboard background or at least the american ones that i know and some of the british ones mm. but there's always an yeah there's always another creative outlet that bleeds into design and and like you say the rock poster thing or the skateboard design i mean like draplin always talks about you know he was doing all the skateboard stuff i know mark comes from a musical background yeah. mark Bricky, yeah, um yeah. and others and but and even like the story of working out your flat with jason i mean i've been i know nick from mama sauce and he's got a similar kind of star you know we decided mm. we wanted to yeah. do it we were doing gig posters we bought a photocopier why did you go yeah. why did you go down the screen print route rather than kind of the the jpeg and and print uh, is it King, well, kinkos or something? well chicago well there's the one the easy answer is because steve walters lives in chicago steve walters started a place called screwball press in chicago and he was sort of the uh progenitor to use a fancy word the home base yeah right that that a lot of these these artists and illustrators and poster makers grew out of Right. So if you were in Chicago and you needed to learn how to screen print, you went to Steve Walters at Screwball Press. Right. And that's where Jay Ryan, Jay Ryan worked there with him, you know. Um, and then Jay Ryan, his own, he, he flourished a bunch of other people, you know, like Sonnen Zimmer and Dan Jetsa and all these people. And so, and then also having the clubs there actually pay for posters, which is really rare, right? Um, that, it just created an environment where posters were the, the, it was the avenue to go in. Yeah. Right. It was like, that was the outlet. That was the outlet. This is before Instagram, right? Yeah. Instagram, anybody can go on there and make a JPEG and you can get recognized for it. Right. Back then you had to have a blog or something like that. And, and you had to get lucky, I guess. But posters were, posters were the thing to get your name 
in lights. Yeah, like the, right? the currency of, of um, recognition, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean that and that and reputation and recognition. That's that's the name of the game in when you're freelance, right? Yeah, or you're a startup. I mean, that's 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 what it's all. Yeah, about. Yeah, probably reputation um, but, but, more than anything because. Yeah. That that I'll talk about the film in a minute, but carry on. Yeah, but the but if we go back to why do so many band people and skateboard people and stuff like that do this or they or the kind of people that you might want to talk to is because I think there's also some sort of uh, entrepreneurial lone wolf spirit that is, that connects those two things. Yeah. Right. Cause there's a lot of people that work at uh, big agencies that were never in a rock band. You know what I mean? <laughs> and because there might maybe more comfortable in that, in the, that sort of, um, environment maybe i don't know i mean I, i'm not i'm not trying to denigrate anybody that no i never started their own business yeah i get what you, like i get that. what you're saying though is yeah yeah if they're in if they're already in that world the kind of seeds planted and then you do get people who like i know photographers who can't play an instrument but are great concert photographers and know everything about mm. music and they're you know made a living out of that world um yeah a lot of what you've just said there, like with Jay Ryan, is I I came across by accident uh, the DVD of um, is it just like being there? Yeah, just like yeah. Being there. Which... I was just talking to the director of that two days ago. So that actually, I didn't know you were in it either. And this is the the thing. Like, oh, okay. I, what I love about the friends I've made in the industry, because um, like just to rewind a little bit, where prior prior to Astute Graphics. I was sort of names was in my subconscious. Like when I read blogs or watched stuff on YouTube or heard designers talk about other designers, I, I kind of, the name I'd recognize the name, but I wouldn't know their work. And then when I started at Astute, it, and I had to kind of get my head back into illustrator because I used it very badly. Like, you know, I used the basics of illustrator for what I needed. Um, I was, I was a graphic designer working for companies. I was doing all their stuff. You know, I, I wasn't creating anything for myself. So as I started to sort of research what kind of people use Illustrator, I quickly got drawn towards screen printing because I had posters, I had books about it, but it wasn't yeah. a genre I'd got my hands dirty with. And as I started to explore it and started to see these names popping up, it was like, oh, yeah, I know. Like, but there's British ones that I... Uh, is it Matt Taylor. Um, yeah, Matt Taylor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew Millward. Yeah, these are people yeah. I, I, I'd heard of and, and knew of them. And I'm starting to yeah. see them thinking, oh, crikey, like, he's connected to that. They're connected to that. Uh-huh. And then that was my most favorite part of design. That was the, the route I kind of uh, sort of found myself going towards too much in terms of what my yeah. what, what my role is. Because I, th- I found mm. designing, f- like, if, if I open the Illustrator up and I'm going to make a sticker or I'm going to make a quick poster or a flyer or a logo or something it's probably going to end up being digital or, you know, printed with a big print shop or something. What I loved about screen printing is you design differently. You have to design with a different frame of mind because it's how many colors and how will that design go through a screen? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of limitations, which, which forces you um, to design certain ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like so, your work and and all the and the stuff I saw in the film 
where they were talking about the musical background of the gig posters and the screen printing. Mm. I, I've, I've watched it three times. I mean, <laughs> and then like, I think that's more, that's more times than I've seen. It. <laughs> but it's like you came on, and and I sat there and I, I audibly went, "Oh, it's Billy." <laughs> but then i started to see some other people i recognized whose work i knew and then i started to see um uh dan uh, oh what's the guy's name daniel danger yeah daniel danger Danger. yeah yeah yeah. Uh, never seen didn't know what he looked like and then kind of seeing his his story and it was really fascinating and it's still my favorite form of illustration and art i've you know i've got screen print stuff i will only buy screen print now i won't buy anything jpeg printed yeah it, it, what's the point yeah, yeah exactly it's like i want it made by hand i want i want the imperfections and the, the... but here okay let's let's pause right there though yeah. but that is why okay there's, so there's like two things that designers or people are drawn to about the screen printed aesthetic or or all these illustrators that you're just talking about is one like it's hard to do interesting work for big brands yeah right because there's a lot of levels of of approvals you're gonna to have to go through yeah. right or they they they, they take ideas literally in a, in a yeah. lot of ways and you have to and it's it's like sort of see say it's, kind of, it starts off kind of good design. and ends up having yeah. shit kicked out of it as it goes along right yeah. so with gig posters the or, or art prints or anything the budget's so low that you don't you don't have to deal with that stuff right and then also the the handmade aesthetic to a lot of things, right? Especially when, so like maybe uh, in the turn of the century, right, the, the 2000, you had a lot of very digital looking art, right? Because the computer was still kind of new and it was it was uh, integrating into at home, everybody could get it. So you saw rave flyers and it was all kind of techie looking, right? And then, and then there was the sort of uh, recoil from that, right? Because people were like, well, I want to, I want something handcrafted. I want something that looks like I can see the artist's hand. I want yeah. something that I want something called that feels like it has, yeah, feel like it has a soul to it, right? So, and I thought maybe that would be a, just a a short lived trend, but it's really kind of stuck around because I think there's something the the humanity in in an object, whether it's a print or a, a piece of clay or. or whatever yeah you know what i mean that that has a that has a human appeal to it that people just can appreciate and uh, are drawn to yeah you get a sense of it it's something that has been made and not just been produced by adobe sensei (laughs) and yeah (laughs) adobe sensei (laughs) yeah no you're absolutely it's absolutely absolutely true um and it yeah, it's interesting, and it, and it's it kind of almost goes back to this whole like idea of um, it's almost like a return to pre-industrial revolution. Yeah, right. So before the industrial revolution, everything was made in people's homes or in small one-off kind of kind of things, right? And so it's sort of almost in a lot of ways it's a re- it's a return to and an answer to globalization. Yeah, right. Not not to get global political with this stuff. But it's sort of it's that it's sort of interesting. It's like, oh, can you could I can I still charge can I charge a premium price for a handmade good and sell it to people in my own country? Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Instead of exploiting people in other countries um, for mass produced. Yeah. Products. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
but the, and then the other thing it, you just saying that made me think if if i were to fly up illustrator now and took something you've just said and turn it into a quote and you know choose a nice font for it you know like a kind of blocky font and print it out make a little poster for it it's like yeah that's all right but look how people lose their crap if i had done that with a letterpress you know going back to the handmade mm. stuff you put something yeah. made with a letterpress um and yeah. i went to the yeah. to the um print museum in los yeah it was los angeles uh the last adobe yeah. max and mama source did a workshop oh, okay. there. fascinating like tons of old machines yeah. The, the price difference between that handmade thing because they know that letter there was made by a block with one run of ink and, yeah. and that's it there isn't another one like that now they'd be close but you'd you'd pay 20 quid for that and not even think about it but the one that i just made on illustrator and printed out you'd be i'll give you like, i'll pay three pound for that it's just yeah. just knowing oh, totally. The, I went. I went to the London Transport Museum in London because we've got a load of history with uh, John's the Johnston type and the London Underground, and, yeah. and I got a little card printed with the original le- block letters from the font uh, created. Cool. And I've and I've still got it. I'll keep that. I'll never throw it away. But a, a cool. poster that came out of a magazine like the film magazine that's got uh, that's going in the bin. You know. Yeah. So I, I think it's definitely no. that aesthetic of of handmade. Yeah, so that with all that being said, the the business has changed a lot since 2006. Yeah. Right? So most of the stuff we're doing now, it's very minimal on the screen printing stuff. So our 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 screen printing shop, we we print mostly for other people now. Okay. Right? So you could call us up, email us and be like, "Hey, I got I have this art. Can I get 100 copies of this thing yeah. screen printed?" And we'll do that for you. Now we're still doing our own stuff, but you can't pay. It's really hard to pay the bills making just making posters. I mean, there's maybe like five people in the world that can do that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe Matt Taylor, uh, Daniel Danger, uh, Ken Taylor, yeah, Aaron Horky, who doesn't even make posters anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, Dan Mumford, maybe, but I bet a lot. Of, most of his work is probably not poster based. Um, Right, it, it's very few people that you can actually make a living doing that. Um, Jay Ryan, probably. Um, so we do a lot of branding. We do a lot of packaging. We've do, been doing a lot of web recently. Okay. We do, we do the whole the whole kit and caboodle. Because I mean, my background <clears throat> was just a designer before posters. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's not. Um, it wasn't like you had to teach a poster designer how to do. Brand. Yeah, you already had like... the design background, and you stumbled yeah. upon that format. But I've seen your the brand. format to get my name out there. Yeah, I mean, to, just to be blunt about it, it was the uh, Jay Ryan calls them uh, posters, giant business cards. Yeah, right, giant, yeah. giant twenty dollar bills, as someone said. I've got a stack. Yeah. I've got a stack of giant twenty dollar <laughs> bills on my shelf. But your, I mean, your That's brand, fine. your brand. I know we'll jump around a bit because I've got a list of stuff I want to ask you about. Oh, but sure, like, sure. I know your. I've seen a lot of your branding, your branding work, and I would say one thing that I would that I I admire about Delicious Design League is the quality of the design that you do. You know, like even if you do create anything crap, you don't share it. But the stuff that co- <laughs> the stuff that comes out of your studio <laughs> is, you know, yeah. some of the branding you've you've shown off. Where you've, I think you did. Um, 
was it gin or you were doing the you were doing we did a whiskey whiskey yeah but then you also well, yeah, did a series well they have gin and they have vodka and stuff yeah. yeah but you also did a series of poster art for alcohol as well oh yeah oh, you did the you know the, you did the stuff with mcdonald's and as part of that that series and, and yeah, obviously I, you know yeah. i've seen the work that you do so so from that 2006 with you and jason just the two of you how's how did that yeah. how's that evolved to delicious design league 2020 what's what's been the what's been the successes that made you have your own facility and have staff and you know you are still a designer you well it's it's not it's you know just like the coronavirus it's not (laughs) going it doesn't go up and up and up right Mm. it's it's been it's been a bumpy roller coaster it's been very bumpy very bumpy we've had some very lean times you know what i mean yeah um but you know over the years, you get lucky or unlucky, right? Like you'll have a client that will be really good to you for a couple years, and um, and they'll have tons of billing for them. And but those, but what's interesting is uh, since we're a small agency, and a lot of times we're dealing with, we were dealing with a lot of uh, working for advertising or marketing or PR companies. Yeah. So we are sort of second seat to the client. So when you're doing second seat to the client stuff, that is, um, it's almost like fool's gold. So we kind of built our company doing that stuff, but that stuff goes away. Right. Right. Because it's, for instance, it's a lot cheaper to um, start your own in-house design eight uh, people than to keep hiring us. Yes. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. So we've been, for the last six years or so, we've been really trying hard to land more first seat clients, right? Which is hard to do because we're not going to be able to compete with the giant agencies and get Coca-Cola, right? Yeah, yeah. As our client. Um, So that means we have to work with startups. Yes. And startups are a... They don't have money, nope. <laughs> so that's a problem, right? And it's it's and they might not ever have money. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like one of our first clients was Upton's Naturals, which is a it's a it's a vegan uh, food brand. They make seitan and and uh, jackfruit and yeah. all this kind of stuff. And they've been our client for like ten years, um, and they were tiny. And now they're now we're global, and that works out because now they're a retainer client. And they pay us X amount every month, and that and that worked out great. But there's also other places that came to us where we sort of helped them out at the beginning, and then it didn't go anywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's so you kind of have to mix, like, because there's projects that will come in the door that'll be like, okay, this is a one-off project that's good money. We're gonna do it, but it it'll help us out now, but it doesn't help us out in the long term. So you sort of have to sort of have to eat your uh, vegetables. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And you have to you need the, the food pyramid of clients, right? <laughs> and you have to sort of try to balance it. But the fact is, is we're we're all susceptible in the gig economy to who's calling us, or if that, or if, or if we win the bid, or if. Um, of just getting lucky you know like oh this person knew this person this person and so they called us you yeah. know what i mean and so much of it is about networking and 
And honestly, that has been, that's our, that's our weakest spot as a company. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We never really went out and tried to get clients. It just came to us. And which is great because um, that's your reputation right there. It's word of mouth and it is, it is until, until you can't, until it's dries up and you can't pay the bills, yeah. you know, because there's so much about design that is also a little bit of flavor of the month. Right. Yeah. So we've been around long enough that we're not, we're still new to some people, but we're not new. Like, like whoever is the big <laughs> style. Right. Yeah. Now. I you know, know what I'm you saying. Mean, yeah. 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 So suddenly the, um, the young lad in the, in the new office has seen someone on Instagram and he's like, Oh yeah, we've got to yeah. use him. And this guy's been going five minutes and you know, two doors yeah. down is your, your place with a built in, you know, two, two great yeah. designers and facility. I get that. Yeah, so it's interesting, but we're do- we've been doing a lot of um, a lot more consumer package good stuff, package design, which I that's one of the things I love. I love package design, so we've been doing a lot more of that recently. So I'm really happy. I was going to ask. We're doing this. Yeah, is there? Yeah, we're doing the- right now. We're doing this fancy like nut butter stuff, <laughs> which is a whole line of raw foods that we're going to be doing. Like, I don't know probably 36 SKUs of different oh, product wow. lines. So that's like, and we've got to d- design that brand from the ground up. And I'm really, really happy with that. That's really cool. I was going to say, d- no, because obviously like with music, it's when it's rock rock gig posters. You, if you're lucky enough, you get to do every venue. Um, if not, you just get to do like the one tour. But have you found they've got the company established? There's a uh, like food and packaging did, did you find yourself automatically drawn towards a particular thing that you found was the brought in the most work was the most successful was the most satisfying because it seems that i i mean i was going to talk to you about your packaging so i want to get onto the teaching mm-hmm. thing but i know yeah a lot of the things i've seen come out from you have been food and beverage and that seems to be something you you seem to excel at so it, not easy money, but do you find that's that's an industry that seems to utilize designers better than others, or is that just because I've, well, I've seen that work? Well, I think package design is one of the design um, uh, what genres or I'm, I'm not thinking of the right word that really calls for crafted design. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Packaging is very and so, special because it's it's more than just the design, isn't it? It's all the other stuff that's yeah. got to go on it. Yeah, but you also have to be. It's like meticulous. Yeah, right. Especially if you're doing a high end good, it's got to be. Um, and so I think there's a lot of crossover between gig poster art and that that sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, the sort of meticulous handcraftedness of 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 a package design. Mm. Um, I think I also I have a uh, uh, attention deficit, uh, self-diagnosed attention deficit disorder, right? And so gig posters for me were awesome because I could spend two days on it, and then I was done and I was on to the next thing, yeah. right? And package design is not quite the same, but there's a lot of that similar sort of I can really I can I can I can I can like micro focus into this one thing, mm. right? And then I can hand it off to my junior designer and they can do the other flavors, you know, based off my design yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. And um, so I, th- I think I just excel at that sort of thing. Like you hear, I hear about projects from friends of mine that are like, oh, I've been working on this for eight months. 
12 months. I'm like, oh my God, I would kill myself <laughs> if I had to work on a project for 12 months. I, I'll give you 12 days at the most. Uh, and, you know, I, after, after, the, after the one week, I'm like, oh God, kill me. I can't do this anymore. I did five you know? years with purple. I worked for a company for five years and everything was purple. The same purple. Oh my <sighs> God. Yeah. You learn a lot of ways to try and make purple look interesting through a lot of, a lot of pieces of media. Uh, why is why is purple the most hated color? You think? I don't know. I always feel like I I read somewhere that the reason why um why a lot of things like chocolate and that and uh, why purple's like a royal color is because it's a royal color, yeah, yeah, it's because for men it's the closest. Oh, obviously we're now all woke and pink's our favorite color and you know we don't we don't judge yeah, color yeah, yeah. anymore but uh-huh. but purple was the closest to pink without it being pink that kind of men, men would like walk up to a point and go hey no purple's enough for me and then like the ones who'd go further would be hey it's salmon colored <laughs> but, <laughs> salmon. <laughs> yeah but there was some some survey thing done that the reason why purple purple oh, was a color that that attracted men because it it was kind of a stop right we can stop here and oh, it, that's, and that's it appealed to women from the other side, but now we're all like multicolor. Everyone's a rainbow. It, yeah. it's not... We actually added pink to our branding because um, it was all gold and black. Yes. And then I was like, I looked, I I was looking at soccer badges. I think Palermo. Yeah. Has a has a gold, black, and pink. And I was like, oh, the pink, the pink looks really good with this. I think I'm good. And then I was like, oh, that's gonna make our because we're a very masculine looking branding. So I was like, oh, maybe I should add some pink to it. And um, and it actually worked out really well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, now yeah. let's let's move away from delicious then for a little bit because I want to talk about you. Yeah. Um, you just mentioned the sports branded thing. Oh, we are going to talk about your teaching. So before we finish this podcast, that is oh, one sure. that I really want to come yeah. on to. Okay. Um, okay. But since you brought up the sports branding, that's something I've seen you kind of really get your teeth into over the last maybe eighteen months with um, dabbling in it, dabbling yeah. in it, and but yeah one of the things i spoke to someone yesterday about was like this personal project stuff where you're not going to make money from it initially but but it's something you really want to do and something might come of it and and sports branding obviously you know fraser and i know you've did um i've written it down because i always get it wrong it's the uh chicago fire yeah you did chicago fire but it's the sports logo thing you did the athletic athletic design club uh, yeah athletic design club with okay pants um yeah i mean that uh, that that stuff i like because you know being a sports person I, i'm f- i'm fascinated by the design of, of sports logos because i know like over here our our football clubs are older than most cities in america yeah <laughs> you know, like they formed in 1872 and but yeah but we're very traditional here i mean it's very rare for a football club it's a really big thing for a football club here or even a rugby club to to change to brand even every 50 years but that's so interesting because you guys change uniforms every season i know i know where is in where is where is in major league baseball or something that the uniform is very rarely changes yeah you know i mean my my team's blue and white hoops like liverpool is red it's always they try and they're they're just going to make money from it but for for the logo side it's, it's big news if a club changes its logo i mean my team my team's had like five logos since the 60s so yeah, yeah. there's been one every 10 like every 10 years which is which is quite With rare QPR, QPR yeah right? 
Yeah. Um, and I know you got involved in the Watford uh, rebrand thing. Oh, yeah, um, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it turned out I knew the two guys that actually were the finalists, Brian Gundell yeah. and Marcus Dilly. And Mar- Marcus, it was very good. Marcus very very good logo. Yeah, and that good. was a great brand. But that sports brand thing, I mean, the American stuff, it's mostly animals. I mean, that's the thing that you seem to be stuck with. I don't know if that's a hindrance or not. Yeah, we've got animals. We also have, like, you know, birds. pioneers and a lot of Native American things. and and. But I think and it lends itself to good graphic design. That's that's yeah. the things I think yours, yours... And a lot of bad graphic design. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Don't, don't let it fool you. No, no, no. <laughs> well, generally, the reason why there's good graphic design is because the clubs use bad graphic design. Uh-huh. It's like, what I was fascinates me, like, with, in a world where there are so many good designers and so many great ideas now because there's, you know, we've got more tools to do it, is how does a com- how do sports teams and companies end up with such a crap logo? when there's 20 people on social media although i do find the crowd i've I've said this before i always find the crowdsourcing thing funny when a company comes out and goes hey we're going to rebrand um and we'd like you guys to do it and whoever wins (laughs) will get a 50 dollar voucher (laughs) so and everyone everyone goes ah this is disgusting how dare you use our time and make us do all this Uh, okay which i totally agree with but then they go and hire someone they make the badge, really, or you know, the logo, release it, and then the thousand graphic designers go and spend all that time they moaned about proving <laughs> they can do it better. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, that that being said, I don't think I've told you about this. I have a big announcement go. for the Athletic Design Club. Okay. Did I tell you about this? Uh, you told me. Did I mention it? I don't want to th- yeah. mention the secret secret thing unless you want to mention it. Yeah, well, my, this is the world premiere. Okay. You can mention yeah. it right now, right? I don't think I... so. So let's kind of take two steps back. So the athletic design club was like, okay. So I, I love all sort of things of design. I love packaging. I love vintage packaging. I love logos. I love, I love anything designed. Yeah. Right. Anything well designed. And and one of those things is sports branding design. You know, I it's I find it fascinating. I love the history of it. I love. Uh, there's some really excellent designers in that community and it, but it's, it's really, it's its own world. Right. Yeah. And so they have every year, they have this thing called major league connect, which is like all the sports people working at all the clubs and freelancers that do sports stuff. They all get together. Yeah. I met the guy that runs it at Adobe max through, yeah. through Rob Zilla. So, yeah. So the, so it was coming to Chicago and I was like, well, I should, I, I'll just go since it's coming to Chicago and I'll like create some sort of promotional stuff and I'll try to start doing more uh, sports branding stuff because yeah. I was like, I, I want to do more of this kind of stuff. It's fun, you know, let me get my name out there. And uh, I haven't had any success yet because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it is a very insular world. I it's bet. a really, it's a really, it's a hard, it's a hard nut to crack. Um but along the way, I've been a lot of sports branding stuff. And it all kind of started with me meeting uh, Fraser Davidson. Uh, we interviewed him on our podcast years and years ago. I was just a fan of his work. And and I reached out to him and interviewed him and, and we became friends. And just l- looking at his path where he was just like, I'm just making this stuff and putting it out there. And now Fraser is a, it's a, he's a unique example because it was really successful for him yeah. because 
he's just so bloody good. <laughs> yeah, he's bloody brilliant. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just he he's honestly he's one of the most talented designers that I've known. I'm very down right? to earth with it as well. Oh, he's he's a great yeah. He's a great bloke. He is. He is. Well, he is. Yeah. And uh, sorry, I'll stop with those things. No, no, you can't. And, uh, uh, and so, kind of just using his model, and I was like, I'll just start creating stuff, and then, and then we ended up getting Chicago Fire Soccer Club as a client um, because they were working with some big company and they couldn't afford to pay them, so they recommended us, I guess. So we started working with them. We started making game day posters for them and doing a lot of internal like creating like big pitch decks yeah you know? we helped them land their jersey sponsor oh, we created okay. these actual handmade books that that helped them land their jersey sponsor um stuff like that and so we're like oh well there maybe there's something here if we just start creating more work but the so one of the issues we had with creating delicious design league as a poster company it's taken us 14 years for people to maybe not think about us as just a poster company yes right yeah so we're like, well, no one's going to come Delicious Design League for their sports branding work because we're not we're not targeted focused as a sports branding company. Yeah. So I was like, okay, let's. What if I start a thing on the side for fun and call it Athletic Design Club? And I asked Aaron Seacrest from OK Pants. It's like, hey, you want to you want to do this with me? And uh, and it's been mostly me, but it's just a way for us to sort of put our sports branding stuff out there and sort of create a, their own identity. So that if people need that sort of stuff, they can come to... Yeah, they can find it through that route rather than having to weave through what you already do. Yeah, I mean, it's when they get the invoice, it's still going to come from Delicious Design Mm. League, right? But it's just a way to to, to sort of market that. And so we've been doing that for a couple of years now, I guess. And and I haven't really... It's really just been a hobby. It's just a side thing. and haven't got that much traction with it, but it's but I'm starting to slowly get into the community. It's very active on Twitter actually, and I'm getting a lot of I get a lot of sports branding followers on Twitter and things like that. Um, and so I was like, okay, what can I do with this to take it to the next level? Yeah. Right. So what? So I was 100% inspired by, or I ripped off this idea. There's this website, it's still around, but it hasn't been functioning for maybe four years. It was called Type Fight. Mm. And these guys, they would select two designers to design the same letter, right? Like you both get the letter D. Yeah. Which is actually what I did. I did the letter, I, did, I, I, I participated on it. And then <clears throat> they would put them up there, no explanation, no write ups, no whatever, just one image, and you could vote this designer, or that designer. And then you got to see who won, right? It was just a fun bit of competition, and it was really popular, and I loved like if you go to their archives it's it's an instant creative like brain dump i was gonna right? say you could, see, you could see all these different it's just a letter a cap letter right and you can see hundreds of ways to execute something mm. right in one spot instantly and it can just it really helps feed your brain creatively but i was like the sports branding community everyone like you were saying everyone is creating their own logos for whatever team all the time already. Mm. So what if I took the type fight idea and married it with sports branding and it works really well with the competition aspect of sports, right? Yeah. It's like, I was like, this is, this is, it's like, how come no one thought of this? Cause it's, it's like such a no brainer idea. So we're still, 
we're still coding the website right now, right? So no one can go to this yet, but we're calling it Super Design Bowl, which is obviously it's sort of a silly, yeah, yeah, a, su- a silly name. Um, and uh, but it's supposed to feel sort of like retroy. And so we're gonna we're gonna pick. I'm gonna have two designers, and they're gonna battle it out. I got Fraser doing one right now. Oh, yeah. Actually, <laughs> he sent me his design, and he's he's doing he's battling against T.J. Harley, okay. who does is a. Um, he's in, I think he's in DC. He does a lot of um, like event sports branding stuff. So like, like, um, like bowl games. Yeah, yeah. We'll need a, we'll need a logo. So he does a lot of that sort of thing. Um, I'm going to, me and Aaron Seacrest are going to do one against each other. Okay. And I've got, I got a couple other people lined up and I have, I'm going to have a application form on the website. So if you want to compete, you send me your website you show me your top five teams and I'll try to find a matchup for you. Right. right. So you kind yeah. of have to and prove so, yourself a little bit to take part anyway. You can't just have like some old Johnny turn up and no, I, I have, to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm the, we're getting really cheesy with this, but I'm the commissioner. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to set up the, I'm going to set up the fights, right. the battles, right. Got the you. bowl games, yeah. the bowl games. Right. <clears throat> so I'll set them up. Yeah. If, if, you know, if, if I don't feel like you're up to snuff, no offense. Yeah. The or if, or if the teams you want to do, I can't find anybody else that wants to do those teams. Then maybe I can't find a good matchup for you or something like that. That's it. Um, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Aaron, Aaron, and I are going to do. Uh, we're going to try to do some post game wrap ups. Okay. After the voting's done, and maybe like do like That'd quick be funny. interviews. With the, <laughs> be funny. Yeah, do like quick interviews with the designers Although, and kind of talk about. Can you get him now? He's starred in this film and he's this big, big, yeah. big time. No, I've got him. I got him. <laughs> I got him already. I got him signed up. He's on the contract. He's on the website. Um, and actually, Fraser, uh, he must he must be slow right now because he also did a little. He did a little animation for the. I shouldn't say little. He did an amazing. Oh. I'll share it with you after this. Yeah, when he, he does something, when anim- he does something little for fun, it it's like better than a load of stuff you see that people have spent ages on anyway. I I, I lost my shit when I saw this. I was like, Fraser. You went above and beyond. <laughs> this is insane. This was like because I, I gave him the logo that I created. Yeah, it's a simple logo, and I was like, I was like, this here's the vibe. It's vintage, like 1970s Super Bowl vintage sort of graphic, sort of cheesy, you know, kind of thing. Mm. That's all he has to. That's all he has to know. Yeah, and he went with it, and it was like, holy shit, Fraser, oh, that's <laughs> amazing. I just, I just love following because it's like he did he did the wrestling thing, and, and oh, like he mo- loves wrestling. And most people kind of do one or two, get bored, and move on. And before you know it, he's designed like seventy wrestlers, and then then he does an animation for it, and he just builds it and builds it, and and he just makes it look so like you say he's not up his own backside. He's not not kind of the on-camera person it's just lets his work speak for itself i in fact today i even watched the old explain super bowl explain american football that you and mark yeah. comment on yeah. <laughs> and, it, uh, and i'd seen it before and didn't realize it was you two it was you two. Oh, you did it yeah yeah it's like for years i listened to aid and never knew that was you on the intro oh that's so funny until it came up in conversation one day and it was like oh, now i can't now i always hear yeah. you that's funny I love I love doing voiceover stuff. I don't I don't get to do nearly enough of it, but so when, I would I I'd probably quit just being a designer tomorrow if I could if I could do. I was going to say you can you can definitely you've definitely got a voice for it because I I wouldn't have known it was you and then it was like you know from the studios or 
um yeah so the sports thing when's that what's the time frame for that to go live i mean what are you accepting application four weeks four weeks okay maybe maybe five weeks it all depends on when i can get my guys to fin to code the site because it's a little it's not just a portfolio site yeah it's a there's a there's some a little bit of there's some back end of voting stuff and you're gonna have to log in so that you so you can't vote a hundred times yeah, for your yeah. favorite yeah you know what i mean that's where those so. competitions get silly it's, it's i always hate it when people go on facebook and say i've you know you've got a daughter i've got two daughters of course if you if you like put charlie in for a you know cute kid photo um all your family's going to vote, but I never like it when people go, "Oh, my my child's in this competition. Can you all vote for her?" It's like, yeah, but she's yeah. not the best looking kid. I love you, mate, but <laughs> she's not the best. Looking... <laughs> so I never like the competitions where it's a case of you won because you've got the most friends, rather than oh, sorry, a pop. No, and there's there's going to be an issue with the popularity contest kind of thing on this sort of deal. So I'm trying to I'm trying to match up. You know, I'm not going to put Joe Bozak against against someone that's got fifty. Twitter follow. See, I, you know what I mean? That's I wondered if you would actually like just to take another edge away. Like say it's you up against Aaron, is you your name isn't against your it, they'll oh. know it's Billy versus Aaron, but without the name being there, nobody can nobody can go for the name. They're going for the best design and then at the end of it the names are revealed and it was After they vote, then the names pop up. Right, okay. You know what? I had not thought of that. That is so fair. I love it. I'm going to try to do that. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. Because that was that. That is that is an issue. That is that's a that's a huge issue. Like I'm going to vote for Aaron Draplin because because I like Aaron Draplin. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Vote for the design, and then when you voted, the name comes up because then it could be. Damn, I didn't want to vote for Billy. <laughs> 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 I don't want to win. Oh, that's yeah. that, I mean that's a cool idea. I'd I'd love to see that. Um, yeah, I'd love when that when that really kicks off. I'd love to, to see you open that up to international, like European anybody. Yeah. Oh, any uh, you, yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm open to anything. It's going to be. I think if I if we have the if I have the bandwidth to 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 run it correctly and then we get the site coded correctly, I think I think it's a no brainer because if 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 uh, Frazier does a logo. Hmm. He's gonna tweet it. He's gonna tweet "Go vote here." Yeah. So it's like, it's um, so I think it's gonna just slowly grow as people get to know about it. And, and like I said before, there's such a huge, tight knit sort of our insular sports branding community. Yeah. So if we can get in with those guys, right? Um, then it's gonna be. It should snowball. Yeah, I think. If you now, now, what my business partner says, well, how is this going to make us any money? And I'm like, I was, ah, I I was just going to ask that. How does Jason feel about all these great ideas you have? Yeah, I'm like, well, I, I don't know how it makes us money exactly, but I think it what it might do, like it won't make, like it's not going to make us money up front, but hopefully it will at least put us in a position of in the in the group credibility. Yeah. Right, right. So I, I mean, I could, I could definitely see us going to a design convention and doing one of these competitions live. Uh, yeah, you know, things like that. Adobe Max. Adobe Max. Adobe. Please give us a yeah. call. I'm not good enough to apparently speak at Adobe Max. Oh, we can. But 
we can work on that. I mean, I I can I can nag people. I was just going to say, yeah. like that conversation with Jason is is like me with my wife. I'm sure, like with you with Am sometimes is. Although she's she is a designer, so she gets you. Um, yeah. Me, you know, like my wife saying, "Why are you why are you going to this event in America that you're not going to make any money for?" And I'm like, "Well, because me being in that community." means i get to be seen around the people in the area i want to work and then five years on when you know i've i've got a book because an event i went to that i never earned any money from that actually cost me a little bit of money i ended up meeting the book publishers at peach pit and when we made we're fast friends and we met up at more and more events and i had my connection with with kelby and, and that world that developed into a thing i then got teaching gigs i I write and i i'd done a ton of stuff i never thought i'd ever do because i put myself i came to america i kept coming to america for these events well i think i think the so the most hated world word in graphic design is exposure yeah right right um because because you get asked to do things for exposure all the time but the dirty secret is the that is actually an important thing it's something that, but I feel like it's something you have to um, expose <laughs> expose yourself yeah, to, yeah. right? You have to something you have to subject yourself to and not being taken advantage of by someone else, right? So, like if it's your own choice, like Athletic Design Club, which is a lot of time and effort um, for nothing, <clears> then <throat> I think it's as long as you're using yourself and other people aren't using you. Exactly. It's yeah. the, expo- the exposure. The exposure game is is right, and it's also another word for exposure is also networking, like you were saying. You know. Yeah, and community so important. Community is so much more prominent now than it used to be because I've said to a couple of people recently. You think back fifteen years ago, nobody would tell you how they did something. That it was like taking an exam at school. Like if if anyone was good at anything, oh, that was cool. How did you do? Oh, I can't tell you that. That's my, if I tell you, I'm not going to get the work. <laughs> now, it's almost yeah. like people fist fight on YouTube to share the most content and get the most followers and likes and oh, subscribers. It's so and it's such a such a switch that we've gone from people would never let on their secrets to now people actually going looking for other people's secrets to share them so people come to them it's a very yeah. it's a really old world and and speaking of of that of education see how i seamlessly worked into that quickly <laughs> is wait let me pause you for yeah, a second go on. don't you think don't you think there's been a change though not just that the thing that you're talking about but like cause i got my first job in 1998 and even then in the 90s in the late 90s there were still a little bit more it was about competition yeah even within your own agency yeah and now it's now it's, i feel like it's a lot more about sharing and and collaboration yeah i was gonna say and, collaboration is it seems to yeah, be but and and a lot of it really comes down to like you don't want to work with an asshole you know what i'm saying <laughs> like nice people get work absolutely and it's not like you're being nice to get the work but it, so much of just being like uh, an easy guy t- to get along with or an easy person well, to yeah. get along with you're, you know what i'm saying you're gonna and, spend eight to ten hours in the same room maybe next to the net on the same desk as those kind yeah. of people you're working with and you can't yeah you're not going to achieve anything if you're in competition or if you're unhelpful or don't want to be part of the process uh, yeah uh, but even a, even as a even as a a client or like um 
a client to to hiring a freelancer kind of a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like like if you're a pain in the ass to work with, oh. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Then it's it's it's, it's you're going to have a hard time getting your career off the ground yeah. or sustained at least. You know what I mean? I don't know. No. It's interesting. So teaching. So one of the things about you that I kind of so just if anyone's stayed with us to to the hour um (laughs) (laughs) no no because i i i I get to decide how long this goes on for and and that's when i'm finished um so part of the history of me knowing billy is when i joined astute graphics one of the things i started doing was listening to more podcasts more design podcasts and a couple that i stumbled across mostly because of a specific guest i was looking for was adventures in design and so i kind of picked up on it and very quickly i i i co i i tuned in to to mark and yourself i tended to like the episodes with you and you and mark or mark and dan or or yeah. mark and dkng because that was appealing to what i was instantly interested in and i liked yeah i liked the conversations you and mark had and i you know i, I consciously didn't want to go over a lot of stuff you've, you've done with mark but that's how i got to know you that that background of all right i can i know yeah. it's billy i know he runs a design shop i know he's a great graphic designer i know he's got a really good insight into logo and and design but one of the things that kept popping up that you never really spoke about in depth was teaching you keep saying i tell my students this oh i was teaching that last night so uh, as somebody who came like myself who came into teaching quite late what what's the teaching gig i mean you're a dad you've got a kid you've got a business you've got a design side you've got design athletic super bowl and that the te- what's the teaching gig um, here's the funny thing i'm actually a very lazy person <laughs> when you when you list it all like that it sounds like I'm incredibly hard worker. Oh my god! Oh, people I'm, say I'm that. I'm incredibly, about me. I'm incredibly lazy. <laughs> I really am. Just good at marketing. The, yeah, I'm good at coming up with ideas. I'm bad at the follow through. Uh, yeah, teaching. So I teach at a place called uh, Chicago Portfolio School. So it's a sort of finishing school, uh, like sort of a post grad kind of a school. So we get we actually get a lot of students that maybe got a degree in marketing or even like philosophy or whatever. And they realize that that's not what I want to do with my life, you know, or they'll get, they'll have a job in marketing and they're in the account side and they're like, wait a minute, I want to do what the people on the other, sit on the other side of the room do. Right. How do I do that? So then they come to the Chicago portfolio school where it, they sort of, it's a two year program where they teach uh, people the basic skills, but also to get their book together and then they have different they have like copywriters art directors and then graphic designers and i i teach the graphic designers um i i've been teaching there for seven years maybe i don't know um and i teach the package design okay course yeah um but really you know because i uh, there's no like portfolio process to get into the school right so i'm really teaching graphic design through package design yeah yeah yeah, and then I'm also teaching a lot because package design. There's it's so technical, right? Because it's not just pretty pictures. It's how do you, how do you work with and create your own die lines and yeah, and what's the printing process and like the types of printing from CMYK to spots to spot varnishes to all this. How do you set up your files? So like when you get in the real world and someone a client says, "Hey, uh, we need to package our thing. Do you know how to do this?" You know, mm. I want them to be 
have some confidence to say, yeah, I know, you know, and I, or in their portfolio, I want them to show the art in the die. You know, I want them to show it all folded up and, and, t- and pretty and photographed, yeah, yeah, but yeah. also show your working file, you know, to show that the, pe- the, the employers know what you're doing. Right. So there's, a t- there's that whole technical side, but then there's the whole just teaching them what design is. And, and over the years, I've really sort of developed my own way of thinking about what design actually is. Like I, I'm, I'm an analytical person. Okay. And so I sort of like, I've tried to demystify design and, and that helps me teach it to my students. You know, teaching is a great way to like, for you to yourself figure out what you think. Yeah. Right. Cause you have to put it into words. Yeah. And so I've really, I really uh, sort of try to demystify the whole, like why did even 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 the idea of aesthetics why does this look good and why does that not look as good perhaps yeah right why what is it what is our what are our brains doing at that moment that is telling us that is good and that is not as good you know what i'm saying and because because when i first started and like everybody when you first start the i just went off of instincts or good taste you know you're moving, you're moving the shapes and the blocks and the, <laughs> and the stuff around until it looks good to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then you have, but then you have to ask yourself, you know, after ten years, you go, wait a minute, why does that look good? You know, <laughs> like, okay, okay, this is why it look. This is why you know because we're our brains are pattern seeking and and all these types of things, right? Um, and so that's the that's I really try to teach that in my class as well. What made you just decide one day I want to te- I want to teach what I know to people? You know the fact you've been doing it for because that we were having a baby and my wife was going to stay home and working and we needed more money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly it. That's so exactly like, it. So I... my kid, my kid, my kid is four and a half now. Yeah, and my wife has been um, doing a great job day to day. You know. Because we can't we can't afford healthcare. I'm sorry, we can't afford uh, we can't afford healthcare, but we can't afford daycare. No, it's it's insane, it's insane. So it was like, okay, well, we could do daycare and spend, you know, thirty thousand dollars on health, daycare a year. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or which is how much my wife was making basically, and so, or or we could raise our own kid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I could and I could just get a teaching gig on the side to help pay for things. So from the take, because obviously, like I say, the, the period of time I've got, I've got to know you, I, I love your thought process. I love I love your theory of design. I love hearing you. That's why I like the episodes with you on because I love the conversations you have about the way design works or the way people perceive design and how things are designed well and designed badly. So the fact that you're doing it. You, you know you run a business that that prints it you you're a great designer yourself you you doing the branding you're doing the teaching if you if you found like a lot of people do is they come to a point in their age where you actually enjoy the teaching because you started doing the twitch channel you started doing the small the like you started doing the the problem solving i know we've had conversations about stuff in illustrator with astute graphics it's like how i want to be able to get take this here and do that there and now yeah, you started yeah. sharing that more did, did you just find that that's an out oh, yeah so want? like if you go onto our my twitter and look up the hashtag tiny tutorials i've just been doing i'm doing a lot of those like like little tips and tricks yeah and right? they're really because, good just because because people don't know how to because so much of design especially when i was in college or whatever 
you're just you have the program you're like well i wanted to do this how do i make it do this so so you sort of like you sort of just analyze and think through the the process you know who's the best at this is fraser davidson he's he's he's, i hate to keep going back to him he's a freaking genius but he's really good at that sort of stuff and making the hard things really easy right but um yeah, so there's just all these like little tips that I've noticed, and there's a lot. Like when we would get interns back in the day, I would, I would, I, I created these little sheets that that said um, lessons in getting shit done, right? <laughs> and it was like little assignments I would give them because it was it was sort of like okay, to to, to do any comp anything competently, especially an illustrator, which is my forte, mm. like you have to know like these five things yeah. right if you if you get these five things then you can sort of build everything else around there you know um you know just from just understanding how to use the tools correctly how they how it's designed to to be used you exactly know? You yeah can use illustrator you can use illustrator really shittily and i see that a lot <laughs> all the time with my students yeah you know what i mean uh, just because they don't not because they're shitty designers but because they don't know how to properly use the tools yet but i i've been loving not to make this a commercial for astute graphics but i've been loving a lot of the astute stuff you know because it it solves a lot of these problems that i've that i've had in the past or things that would take me longer to do now it's automated it feels like cheating honestly yeah that's but, that's the conversation we've had and and when we get asked about what we do because if you remember the old photoshop plugins they would kind of make your face gooey or do weird color stuff it was always gimmicky the plugins were always gimmicky, gimmicky. i don't know if you remember the old illustrator plugins the kai power tools yeah yeah i remember <laughs> yeah they had some they had i really love their free transform the free transform is better than illustrators free transform still it was really have you styled really, them yet I I played with it, yeah. Right, I, stylism. There's a free transform button that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because I did a I did awesome. the when we did the block shadow, um, I did the Minecraft logo, and the one thing I could not do was get the word Minecraft to do the perspective because if you go uh, to the direct selection tool, we're just about to lose a load of listeners here who don't know anything about Illustrator, <laughs> but all the points are, cho- are there, and if you if you kind of group it or do anything, you still can't you still can't perspectively transform it but there's there's a little transform control in stylism that actually uses illustrators engineering but we re-engineered their engineering so you can do it and and what and what we did was we listened to designers and even now i i send uh some of your videos to my boss and say look this guy's got this problem which is a genuine problem because he's doing this specific thing so we tried to make the tool that's yeah you can still do it in illustrator if you didn't have the plugins but when you find you're doing repetitive tasks that taking longer that you don't need or you're creating artwork that's got a million points that you've got to clear up or you're sending to a printer and it's going to print all those like like for instance the new thing the block shadow the old way was to use the blend tool which creates a ton of zigzags and points and, and it's just a mess. It so we thought, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's How can we save people time? Well, let's use the maths yeah. that's already there. Let's do a better offset. Yeah. Let's, you know, yeah. we've just added in Phantasm, we just added um, a CMYK halftone offset command. So you can create the old 1970s comics look without it looking. Uh, you can actually get the uh, registration off on oh, the halftone. 
because somebody <laughs> said, I wish I could do this in Phantasm. So, so yeah, that's why we exist. And so we look at people let me like tell yourself. You, let me tell you the number one tool I use, though, from a student. Go on. It's, it's, the, it's the smart remove points. Yeah. And the move to tangencies. Yes. Tangencies. Yeah. That, that is, it's just, it, I, I literally use that every day. Because it's because I, I do a lot of swirly things. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and extend path. Um, you should use extend path as well if you do swirly. But okay, yeah. But we'll we'll talk we'll shot. talk off air about that. But yeah, yeah so, yeah. so people like like you is I I like to watch what you do and some of the other designers we've got to know that I've got to know through like specifically through AID. I mean, uh, Nathan and Dan are. are it's taken me two years for them to understand that plugins are good and <laughs> they've been the hardest work ever but because they've got their own very specific process yeah he has and a very it specific works process. Yeah, yeah they they can they know they yeah. can knock if they suddenly get an order and we need 50 prints they know their process they can work through it yeah. but learning a new tool but yeah, like Nathan's contacted me and he's got, we've got a bit of downtime. We're starting to look at the other tools a bit more. And so sometimes it's, it is just like anybody with a process, with a working process, whatever it is, learning new things takes time. And what we've been saying now is now is the time to, to use the time you've got where you never used to have it to, to learn to just work a little bit better. It's not necessarily yeah. going to make you a better designer because you still have to have that design. No, it won't brain. make you a better designer. No, Adobe Sensei yeah. will pick up the rest. <laughs> and yeah. then you can tell it, make it look like Dan Styles. <laughs> with the KNG. Um, uh, so I want to, I want to finish off then with, uh, I mean, I could talk to you for longer, but the thing I want to finish off is like just Billy Bauman. Uh, the family man just the dad at home um yeah you're married to a graphic designer illustrator illustrator first. sorry yeah illustrator. i would say i'm a designer first illustrator second okay. she's illustrator first designer second okay I guess. so yeah without big being be as personal as you want about it but how did you two get together you want my take or you want my wife's take? do the one that makes be you look different. good <laughs> <laughs> We, I actually met my wife online. Oh, really? Like through a, through you know you you have, you guys have the Onion in the UK. Yeah, they had a they had like a personals page. Oh, I didn't know. I just thought it was a fake news thing. Yeah, but way back in the day. This is long, long time. Yeah, ago. and um, but it turns out that we had we knew she printed at Screwball Press, I printed at Screwball Press. Oh wow! And we just never ran into each other. So we kind of we kind of knew all the same people. So yeah. it was less weird, I guess. Um. But we hit it off. Um, you know, it was what I learned is she was the first person that I, I had ever been with that was also a, a, a creative person. Yeah. In like in, in as a profession. Right. So if I had to stay until midnight to work on something or I had a pet project, it was never an issue with her. She got it. She Whereas, understood it. She understood, right? But in the past, other girlfriends would get angry, you know, and it's like, well, you know, why are you, why are you making this gig poster, you know, all weekend when I want to hang out, you yeah. know? And so, and then it was always we had, we had the same love for aesthetics, and so we could we could talk about that, you know, and and that was that was really important. I found. Yeah, um, I'm sure some people like having their spouse have nothing to do with their work. Oh, that's what I was going to get to. 
Yeah, but but what but for me, like I feel like I am my work. Like that's always just what I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about stupid uh, websites to start or whatever. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like, um, you know, just that it's sort of my reality. Um, so that's been really good, and I've learned a lot about illustration and design from her, and, and vice versa. And we collaborate yeah. a lot. You know, we look at each other's work and stuff like that. Uh, that's been really that's been really good. It's you know it's been obviously been since she's the primary caregiver mm. at this point. It's been really hard on her because she doesn't have as much of a creative outlet. Yeah, I was going to um, ask: Does she still get time to kind of keep her? Not nearly as much, right? Because she's she's a I'm a um, I have no patience and I'm a fast worker. She's a methodical, slow perfectionist. Right. And so when you so when you only have a few hours a day maybe mm. to work on stuff she can't, it's that's not enough time for her to no. to get into it and and right? not to four and a half with a young child there is it is constant there there isn't yeah. you can't apart from a nap you yeah. you there is no like available break yeah so hopefully i for her well-being and her creative life hopefully when she's going to start going to preschool um, in the fall, um, that Anne will have. You sh- and everyone, go, if you've made it this far, go to AnneBenjamin.com. She's a, she's an absolutely fantastic. I was going to say she was she was a very not only good but established as well. I mean, she 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 had a name for herself in her own work. I mean, I'd... yeah, she's yeah done a lot of Mondo stuff. Yeah, uh, Mondo posters and stuff like that. She's she's fantastic. Um, really, one of the most talented people I know, and has an, a great sort of mid-century um but unique to herself style that mm. is just she's a real artist i'm a copier right <laughs> i'm like i like this i'm gonna see how i can do it Anne's just Anne's and it to me is a real artist you see, know i would say uh, you've got a, some of your work is so like very detailed that you can't do that quickly so i would i would have i wouldn't have said what you've just said about yourself i would have thought you were the meticulous kind of perfectionist because of the the because of the detail in your artwork i know like no. they joke well, and say well, you flip it but i mean i've looked at your, <laughs> i've do. looked at your stuff I it, do. it's not all flipped I, well you know what i my brain is just symmetrical loves symmetry yeah. so but um yeah no and Anne always gets on me she's like you need to sketch that out like three more times before you go to final you know <laughs> but i'm just like okay that's good i'll go to final like let me just use that as my I'll figure it out as I go. Yeah. Right. Here's my here's my there's my thumbnail. That's good enough. Um, I I don't know. I I actually I struggle with the detail stuff because it is a, it is a I have to listen to podcasts or listen to YouTube mm. po- politics shows as I work because if I didn't I couldn't I couldn't actually focus on so much of graphic design is is monotonous honestly because of the detail work. Yeah. Um. And that is something I struggle with yeah. a lot. Um, it's always been hard. Which goes back yeah. to the medium that you're designing for. So the difference between you know packaging versus screen printing is some you can go super detailed, some you've got to kind of scale back a bit because of it going through a screen mm. and that. But no, I mean, yeah. But I but I think what I like to do is I like to all those things that I picked up from screen printing. I like to try to pick up those aesthetic ideas and bring those to things that 
aren't going to be screen printed, right? Because there's something that was appealing about the screen printed thing. You know, it's the hand doneness of it, or whatever you call it. Um, how do I get that feel and that look and that um, that humanity into into other printed goods? So what? Now we're in this position that we're in. <laughs> what do you what do you think you can do as the delicious design league because it's really weird because like the watching the news uk and america it, it is almost like we're each dealing with a different thing but the same thing by the way mm. each nation's dealing with it so yeah kind of for you like we spoke off air was you, you know you've got a, a print shop you've got staff um yeah and obviously as time goes on and the, and the companies are kind of shutting down or saving money or whatever, it changes what you do. If you've got a contingency, if you and Jason like got a contingency plan to kind of, okay, what if we, what if this does go on for three to six months? How can we yeah. get through this? Because I think that's the things people having to make very quick contingency plans to work out how to keep yeah. the company I mean, alive. Yeah. And there's obviously levels to the whole thing. I mean, the level number one is reduce salary pay, yeah, which would come out of me and Jason first of all. Um, level two is layoffs, right? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, that's just the reality. Um, but we're thankfully our con- our consumer packaged goods and our video game client. We've actually been doing a lot of work for Fortnite. Oh, have this you? Year. Okay, yeah, it's been awesome. That's that's been a great client. Um, those video games and food, people are still consuming those things. So those are, those are sort of keeping us afloat at the moment. Um, so I'm not, we haven't hit panic mode just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, (laughs) things are okay. We're the same. We, I think with, with software and digital, we kind of, we've got a little bit more of a safety net because everyone's at home and the first thing they're going to go to is digital and online. So so those businesses have still got have still got work to create for it so astute like we, we're hoping now that more designers will now get time to to become not only better designers but but more biz, you know learn about the business yeah but yeah. they'll learn more about design and we just hope that as they start to realize like the, the thing we always say is if you if you are spending like say someone gives you a pdf and you have to open it in Illustrator, and it's come from someone else, and you've got to do some work on it. That thing is a dog's dinner. You know, the text is blown yeah, to pieces. The There's text, clipping yes. paths and masks and broken broken lines. And you probably spend an hour or two putting all that text back together and p- trying to work out why all these clipping yeah. masks are there. Yes. And then, so we bring out a tool that that does it like three clicks, and it's and it's done. You can even turn live Wait, text. What's that tool? Vector first aid. Oh, okay yeah yeah, yeah so so what our message is is not like buy our tools because you can be more creative we're trying to go for the message of if we can stop you spending two hours um yeah. and let you do it in 15 minutes you can rebuild that time now because the client doesn't need the client doesn't need to know you can do it in 15 minutes the client only ever needs to know that every time they send you a pdf that's a two-hour job and that's what we're going to get billed for <laughs> So you yeah. give it to your intern who clicks three buttons and fixes it, and then you return it to the client in two hours, and then you yeah. and then you take that time and rebuild it. And that's the message we're trying to get: is while people are yeah. off now, try and look at be ready to go back into the marketplace and be better yeah. equipped and know that when you are going to start having to be undercut 
and knock your prices down, you know that you've got a secret weapon that allows you to yeah. save all that time rather than you, you know, all right, well, I'll, I won't do $100, I'll do $50, and you're still, but you're still going to do $100 worth of work in time. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. where we're, we're kind of sitting in a fingers crossed that that's how people look at it. But yeah, everyone's just, it goes I back mean, to collaboration. We've all got to kind of help each other out now. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know what I forgot to mention? Go on. Real fast before we close up. Yeah. I, you forgot to mention my other pet project. Oh, what's that? That I started last week. It's called Trademark Tease. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I wrote, I wrote down T-shirts. And then I, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I had this idea for a while, and then I floated it to a couple of people, and the people were so excited about the idea. I was like, well, I guess I kind of, I guess it's a good idea. I guess I should do it. But, um, you know, there's back in the eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties, there was a lot of publications that put out like the history of the logo mark books. Yeah. And these things exist. Um, and they're, they're all out of print. They're hard to get a hold of. Some of them can be really expensive. I have a handful at home and i was like man these these old logo marks that that young designers have never seen before um that the companies are long dead you know what i mean or they got they got bought out five times over yeah, and yeah. called something else i was like let's let me re let me dig these logos out of the grave and put them on a t-shirt just because i want to i want i want a t-shirt with this cool logo yeah. on it right so couple weekends ago i just spent the whole day scanning old logos in out of these books and then i made a thread the store it's called trademark tees t-e-e-s yeah dot threadless.com and i've got like 90 plus designs up there now and i've got literally a dozen more books to scan logos out of that i want to here's you know i'm just showing you one right now yeah, um, yeah, I've got you know, just these things, right? You've, we've all seen these. Things. I've got one of these, yeah, yeah, right. Tons of these old books that I'm finding on eBay now, and 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 places, other places like that, and just cherry picking the best, coolest ones and throwing them on a shirt, and then waiting for my cease and desist. I mean, yeah, emails. I was say, <laughs> I meant to say to you earlier when we were talking about design. I don't care when this finishes because the whole thing's going out. Um, when we were talking about knowing good design and bad design and one of the classes I teach at Photoshop World, it's called Get Inspired by Graphic Design, but it starts off about dealing with the people who, oh, I don't know anything about graphic design. I'm not a designer. I can't draw. I, I put all these excuses up. And then I have I made this poster in Word for the event I was teaching at and I threw the kitchen sink at it. Like every word yeah. artifect, oh, no. badly spelt word, like spelling there wrong using yeah. really unflattering photos and i put it up and i said okay so as a designer i wanted to make my my version of, of a poster for this event and i did this and i don't admit that it's deliberately crap and then i wait for the reaction and i go there you go every single one of you put your hand up you said you're not a graphic designer you all knew that needed to be burnt now <laughs> we wouldn't even burn the paper version we would burn the yeah. screen that is being projected on because it's yeah. it's horrible you know horrible design and the fact that you understand what you don't like your brain then automatically starts to understand what you do like because look at the t-shirts you're wearing look at the books you buy look at the what what attracts you when you go in a shop whether it's symmetry or color or 
or style yeah we yeah. we are instinctively graphic designers we just don't know how to uh, take it from preference to creating it yourself so yeah i think i think a, a, a percentage of that is cultural right but i think a much bigger percentage is just how our brains function yeah right so when yeah. you look at these old logos, because when we spoke about it, uh, we were chatting about it the other night when you told me about the Threadless thing. And I, I'm like, yeah, I've got like six books. I'm going to start scanning yeah. them for you. As you flick through them, I mean, you and I as designers, we already, even as we're flicking through the book, our brain's going that one, that one, that one, not that one, that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Too much detail. Oh, that's an awesome you. I don't care what it's for. I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you... That's absolutely correct. On your social media, I know you put a, a thing for it where you let, like it's going through the T's quite fast with all the logos yeah. on. It's, God, I'd buy I'd buy 50 of them because yeah. those marks, they, they don't have to mean anything. There's a... a well, yeah, you're also not shilling for like some company yeah exactly that, that that wants to put their logo on you you're like it's just it's a cool design, design. white on yeah. black looks really good or black and white looks really good they're really simple marks they're like you say yeah. no nobody knows who the designer is or what it came from or but yeah just your brain Actually, these books these, a lot of these books do point out the designer i purposely left the, the company and the designer off of the threadless thing yeah so that i wouldn't get i wouldn't get a uh, the the wrong attraction that i don't need you know yeah because I mean? yeah. <laughs> it's not like a make i don't think i'm gonna get rich off this idea it no. was just like oh, i think this is cool i want to see this i want to see this in the world yeah so i'm gonna do it myself it's right? no different to fan art it's yeah it's no it's no it's no different to downloading a whole series of a show you want to watch because you cannot get it anywhere on dvd and it's not online it. it's like i want to watch this show god damn it i'm going to find it and download it but with, yeah, the, with the designs right. yeah if you get a cease and desist you're going to be like oh okay there's um there's the five dollars i made on that show. yeah exactly I'll yeah I'll <laughs> like what i really nothing is i don't think it's uh, no great crime but if you could go back to 1932 and tell that guy that you know you've just designed that logo for that thing and like that and when you've done it you're going to move on to the next thing in 70 years time people are going to be walking around wearing that on a t-shirt they'd be like yeah isn't that cool to think that's what i was like i was like i can like bring these things back to life yeah and like give them a second a second life of some sort you know you're the new charles anderson person buys the shirt (laughs) yeah yeah oh it's yeah it's really similar yeah but like if i can just um Bring it back to life just for even one person. That would be really cool, you know? No, that's Because so- also, as a designer, it would be like, if in 70 years someone was wearing a T-shirt of something I designed after I've long been dead, that would be, that would be awesome. I know. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know why I don't know why it would be awesome. I can't explain why that would be awesome. No, but it would be awesome. But it just, yeah. it's that uh, that book Junk Type. Um, I interviewed Bill yeah. Rose who wrote Junk Type, and he kind of yeah. said the same thing. Is like some of that stuff you go through you know the 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 designer never got named the designer designed it for a matchbook and then went on to the but the fact that today people collect it and pay money but they pay more money for it than it was ever than the guy even got paid for designing it Uh, that's (laughs) what i love about that simple old design that kind of uh retro-y simple feel is how cool that if a well on ebay i've been watching it but i I can't get it sent to the UK, but I'm going to get it sent to my friend in the US when I go over there. My mum loves Sammy Davis Jr. 
like massively and we met him once in london it was a pure really? fluke we met wait him. do you have my sammy poster no but it's on ebay for 79 cents <laughs> <laughs> and i've and i've had it watched in my basket and then i forgot all about it and then it flagged up again the other day and i thought i need to order that and get it sent to alan so that i can pick it up when i go because i bet billy That's hasn't so even funny. got a copy of that but yeah, I wanted to buy it for my mum and get it framed because she loves Sammy Davis Jr. And I didn't even, I all I typed in was Sammy Davis Jr. poster because I was, yeah, I like grew up on Danny Kay and Bill, um, Bing Crosby and Bob Hope and that. Yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. and it was like delicious, and I got all excited. I thought, it's delicious as only I know that. <laughs> I know. <really. laughs> so uh, so yeah, I'm going to get that for my mum and get it framed. Um, that's awesome. That's great. That's, that's just so funny. That, cool that's such an interesting story. Real quick. So a guy at a record co- at the record company put on this like art show poster show for like all these classic artists that were on his label. It was Columbia or something like that. And he put on the show, did the whole thing, and then the artists, a lot of the big time artists were like, "You don't have a right to do that." And so like all those posters got cut, and we're not even really we weren't really even supposed to sell them after that. So like it's. It's sort of like uh, illegal art in, oh, in some sort of way. And it's rare when it's out there, it's bootleg. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go back and see if it's still there. And if it's there, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I, I, we might have them on our site for sale still, too. Oh. Honestly. Well, if, if it's dearer than 79 cents, Billy, screw you. I'm going for the yeah, cheap one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, That's right. What you should do. We better wrap up. But th- thanks, yeah. thanks for being a guest. But I've really enjoyed it. It's been too long since we've chatted. Um, yeah, yeah. And it's been such good fun. So we'll have they to... They need to do Adobe Max in Chicago. Yeah, to make it easier for me. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll tell him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I want to come back to Chicago. I've been three times. I've, I've been looking through some old photos from when I went. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I've been back. And the last couple of times, I was planning to go this year, come and visit you, the shop, and you know, just hang out in Chicago for a bit as well um because yeah. this thing's come along but i my plan is is if if everything goes back to normal next year i'm gonna come and visit you i'm gonna come to chicago awesome um we'll do it up we'll yeah, get a hot dog definitely yeah yeah and and we'll go down the park because i know you used to play football a bit as well so i'll have to see what your skills are like uh, not that good yeah <laughs> I, I play defense okay i play yeah, defense that's what i do slowest yeah Benning girl. yeah Okay, well, yeah. let's say thanks for being on, Billy. I'll put all those links to stuff we've talked about tonight for everyone to go and look oh, at your work and stuff that you do and, you know, go and buy a T-shirt, help a designer out. Um, but yeah. no, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. I'm, I'm sorry it's taken this long, but it's been worth the wait. All good. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. No, that's so cool. I'll see say you Say hi to the family for me. I will do, and you. See you later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>